Thank you for downloading the Crispy Sharp podcast, an audio companion to the film review and interview site that is found at www.crispysharp.co.uk. Hello. Last weekend was the 20th anniversary of the Encounters Short Film Festival, held in the Watershed Cinema Complex in the centre of Bristol. Along with having hundreds of live action and animated shorts, they also hosted a number of industry events to do with production and distribution of short films, especially aimed at filmmakers. I managed to sit down with the insanely busy Mark Cosgrove, who historically worked on the festival programme, but is now the programmer for the Watershed Cinema all year round. I started by asking him how short films fit into cinema culture. Short films have actually um, been central to film culture ever since um, the beginning, the early days of uh, the moving image. Um, it's quite interesting because when Encounters was um, first started 20 years ago, it was actually um, set up as a one-off event as part of the celebration of the centenary of cinema. So that it was, if I get my dates right, um, you'd be talking about 1995 is when we thought, you know, let's put on a celebration of short film. And it was under the, the centenary of cinema because 1895 was when, you know, Moving Image, there's lots of di- disputes about when film actually, you know, was first, Moving Image first happened and when it was first projected in front of an audience. But at the early, you know, 1895, we were, uh, um, that's the, the, the point at which we sort of uh, took it as our starting point. Um, and if you look at those first 15, 20 years of cinema from 1895 onwards, everything was short film. Um, it was only um, about you know 20 years, 25 years later that the feature length began to become dominant, you know, and then it's a particular kind of um, uh, form of entertainment that it took, but um, prior to that, short film was um, what film was, and it was often presented in like variety shows and magic shows, and you know, so it, it seemed, you know, for the festival point of view, it seemed a great starting point actually because short film was right there at the history of cinema, and short film's always been been um, part of uh, film culture. Because, you know, for a number of reasons, but, but you know, the key ones would be, you know, it's cheaper to make a short film. So if you're an aspiring filmmaker, you, you're not going to get your hands on, you know, a multi-million pound budget. Or indeed, the, uh, when it was all analogue in 35 mil, really expensive, obviously, to make uh, films. So short films were, you know, cheaper to make. But also, if you're, um, you know, sort of beginning as a filmmaker, then the short form was a, 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 um, an easier route in um, before making a feature and then you know you just also have to think about advertising I mean adverts are short films pop promos are short films you know um, so it's the short form rather than short film you know it's, the sh- it's how you tell a story um, in, in you know two three whatever uh, minutes and if you look at um, a director like Jonathan Glazer who's just done Under, Under the Skin, skin yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, he, he uh, you know, made the Guinness ads, the really famous uh, Guinness ads, yeah. And, you know, he, he's he's done um, 
I think he's done uh, pop promos for Radiohead, Massive Attack. So he's, you know, kind of um, developed his um, techniques and everything through what is, in essence, a short, short, short film form, you know? So what's the mission statement of the Encounters Festival? What are you trying to do? At the heart of Encounters, because um, as I said, we, we, we started out as a celebration really of, of filmmaking and an aspect of filmmaking which was short film, um, but we never thought it would be still around 20 years later, so it's been a great surprise actually that you know it's, it's still going in the shape, but what, what's happened through the evolution of it is it became uh, much more about, uh, you know, rather than the sort of looking back, it was much more about um, new talent because short film is a, a, a way in which new talent can come through. So really at the heart of uh, Encounters, I guess the mission statement is to profile and platform new and emerging talent. Um, and I was saying to somebody recently is that, you know, what you have to remember is your Christopher Nolans and Danny Boyles and Andrew Arnolds don't come fully formed, you know. There's just no way that somebody just comes and, and you know, they, they, they just make a feature film that, that you know, hugely successful. It does not happen. It has to, you know, people have to start somewhere and where they start often is in short, the short film form. And with technology now being so accessible and, you know, you can make films on your phone, your mobile phone, etc., etc., um, a lot more people are doing it. So, and that's where the new talent comes from. So a lot of it can be about uh, um, exposure, you know, profile, as I say, platforming, but also connecting, the festival's an important connecting point between that new talent and the industry. Yeah. Do you have many links with, like, local universities? Because one thing that's interesting about uh, Encounters is you've got the two different programmes, almost. You've got the uh, live-action short films and the animated short films. When you say, like, technology's got cheaper, so obviously short films are... Live-action short films are easier to make, and they're, you know... And, you know, one of the reasons why... Um, We've sort of separated out animation. You know, so w if you come to the festival, you'll see programs of live action and you'll see programs of animation. And um, you know, one of the reasons why we wanted to um, separate out animation as a sort of distinct thing is because um, it, the, the the sort of craft, the art and craft of animation, is a very particular um, is a very particular area. Um, and so the techniques around it uh, are, are quite distinct compared to live action. Um, and obviously there's a huge strength in Bristol in terms of animation with you know, having Artman um, and who, who are a partner in the, the festival. And because of that, the, the, those, the, the, the different nuances and specialities, then we wanted to, specialisms, we wanted to um, provide a kind of focus on animation specifically because of that, that difference, you know. So in the festival brochure, you're listed as a film consultant. Yes. What does that mean? Well, um, what what I do is offer um, because in my day job I uh, run which is what sorry right. uh, so in my day job is um, running the Watershed Cinema so I program the cinema here at Watershed which shows feature films um, throughout the year uh, and as part of my job I go to film festivals like Berlin and Cannes um, you know sort of major meeting points and you know where where feature films get screened but also short films and the industry all get together so. Through um, my kind of connections and contacts, I sort of bring that to help encounters and make connections into the feature film world as well. 
because one of the strands that the festival runs is shorts to features. You know, a lot of short filmmakers, most short filmmakers, want to progress through to making feature films. So we wanted to capture that, and there's a strand called shorts to features, which I um, put together on behalf of the um, festival. My my role at the festival has has sort of changed through the years, and you know I was very very much involved in the programming a few years back, and you know shaping the festival. But there's a new director now, and there's you know there's a new team, and I've sort of stepped back and offer some advice. So I, I'm never one for job titles. I never quite know what job titles. So film consultant seems to, seems to be the best. Yeah, yeah, it's good. It's, it's sexy. I like it. <laughs> yeah. Um. So what's the kind of submission? I should be charging consultancy rates. <laughs> <that's> <laughs> What's the uh, what's the submission process for the, this festival? So if someone someone has a short film and they wanted to get involved, how would they do it? Well, what what you do is, um, I mean, with all with all um, festivals, you should research really thoroughly. You know, go to their websites and check because every festival will have a will have an opening date for submissions and they'll have a closing date. Um, and what's a festival? Well, every festival is very rigorous about that because there are a lot of short films out there. There's a lot of films out there. Um, so there, there, there'll be an opening date probably around about um, March time. And then there'll be a closing date probably around about uh, end of May for Encounters, which is in September. Um, and you submit your film. And because of you know technologies, then you can submit online, you can upload, you can, you know, all, all, all of that side of things. Um so that's that's the way to to go about it, and I think you know my um, advice to uh, short filmmakers, you know, filmmakers who submit films to festivals is, if your film doesn't get accepted, it doesn't mean it's not a good film. It just means it's not been accepted for that particular festival. And if you think that um, you know we've only got a finite amount of screening slots, um, we get huge amount of submissions. I mean, we get over 2,000 submissions. So we, sh- we simply cannot screen everything. It's just how, a... How many short films are screened, is it? There's about 200, 200. 250. So we get 2,000 submissions, yeah. right? You just need to do the math. Um, and, you know, so it's not a statement of... It's not an absolute statement of that's not a good film. It, 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 and what you find with, with um, festivals is festivals have particular tastes, particular, you know... So um, you should research, um, if, you, if you're a filmmaker and going to submit, you should research your festivals. Um, the British Council website is actually a very good website to who lists you know, um, UK but also international festivals um, and gives a lot of advice about submitting. So if you go to the British Council film section of the British Council website, you'll get more information there. Okay. What do you think is the, the kind of the life cycle of a short film? Like, what I, th- I always think it's interesting that, you know, apart from the festival, I mean, is it what you're saying earlier on about advertising and promo videos, obviously yeah, they yeah. are a version of short films, but the short fiction narrative, you know, they, apart from at film festivals, they're rarely screened on TV, they don't really have DVD releases. They're, I mean, Netflix yeah. hasn't got a short film section, yeah. which I think is odd, I mean, it yeah. should have. Maybe there's a, you know, there's yeah. a short film. You'd be surprised. Um, you know, I know some um, distributors, um, sales agent people who deal with short film and deal specifically with short film. I mean, if you look at Dazzle, um, which is a film, uh, short film distribution uh, organisation company, um, they actually buy short films and then sell them. And there are um, 
films are out. Well, airlines, I was going to say, is one of them. So if you look at um, transatlantic or you know long haul flights, uh, I was just flying from back from well, I was flying to and back from Toronto, and on the flight, I mean because um, where it used to be, uh, there was one screen that would come down for everybody to watch. Now everybody's got a screen uh, on the, the right in front of them, um, in the seat right in front of them, but it's all connected to a server, and that server has got a huge amount of content on it. So if you go into the film section, you've got you know new releases, world cinema, you get short films as part of you know what, so people can while away the um, the, the six or however many hours you've got, and that's part of the offer. Um, so it's an interesting, I mean, it's an interesting area which is because of technology um, is actually growing in the outlets that you can begin to um, see short films. Um, for a filmmaker who's made a short film, um, it can be both uh, a curse and a blessing. Um, it can be good because if it gets picked up by festivals, you can then spend the next six months to a year going around festivals with that short film because everybody wants to screen it. And you know, one of those films was um, British filmmaker Simon Ellis who made a film called Soft, which was a huge hit around the festival world. So Simon spent uh, uh, you know, a good 12 to 18 months, I think, going around festivals. But of course, what he wanted to do was make the next one or make a feature or make, you know. So it's, it's what, it's what you, you've got to know what it is that you want to do with that short film. Is, are you making the short film in order to go to a specific, try and get to a specific festival in order to develop your feature film and you know connections to make a feature film? In which case, get the feature film idea sorted out in your head and don't just get one feature film, get another one, get two. You know, so when you, if somebody doesn't like that idea, pitch another one. So you're using the short film as a, a to open the door. Um, but as I say, sometimes those short films, when you talk about lifespan, I know a very good friend of mine, John Smith, who's an um, artist, uh, filmmaker. Um, he made a, he's made a wonderful short films, but one of the ones was um, a girl chewing, girl chewing gum, is what it's called, made in the 70s. And, um, I mean, that constantly, uh, I mean, his work's just constantly screened all over the world. And girl chewing gum's um, become a really uh, classic of a particular kind of genre, and it was released on the, um, the, the that collection of British sixteen short films. You know, it was on there, and a lot of people keep reference referencing John's film, which was made in the seventies. So I mean, his, his the lifespan of his film is still happening today, and it was made in the seventies. Yeah. Right. Do you think that Bristol has a kind of film identity? Because one of my questions was going to be, do you think that London kind of sucks up too much yeah, um, of the kind of filmmaking talent? Filmmaking, can people yeah, often yes. end up living in London, working yeah, in London? Yeah, I mean, Bristol's got a real strength in... Um, it's a very funky place. Yeah, it's got a strength <laughs> in, in um, filmmaking because um, you've got a number of things. One is obviously Aardman Animation who uh, started off making short films, still make short films. I mean, Morph has just been, a um, whole new series of Morph has just um, going on, uh, being made for online, but they make feature films. Um, and they, they're you know they're a 10 minute walk from where we are at the moment, um, firmly based in Bristol. Um, 
Natural History Unit for the BBC is based in Bristol. So, uh, I mean, all those amazing um, um, natural history documentaries invariably come out of Bristol. Uh, there's all sorts of other productions that happen um, through the BBC being based here. Um, there's a lot of independent companies like Icon and stuff like that. So there is a real community of, and uh, you know, I think if you had a, a younger uh, filmmaker just starting out, and I did exactly the same thing, was when I left college, uh, you went straight to London because Wardour Street, there was the mythic Wardour Street, and um, the streets are paved with gold in London. Um, but what you actually, f I think one of the things that you can, f whilst there's loads of opportunities in London, there's actually loads of people chasing those opportunities, you know? Um, and I think it's less so than when I was um, doing that uh, in the sort of late 80s, because I think a lot of cities like Bristol, like Manchester, um, you know, Glasgow, um, etc., then they've become, uh, they've got stronger culturally um, and so the cultural industries in those places are a whole lot stronger if you actually find out about them. Uh, and with digital, that's really opened up into much more creative um, uh, opportunities. So I think if you find, you know, if you're in a place like Bristol, if you search out, you know, through something like Encounters, you'll find out more about, you know, what's happening in the city. And I think you find um, that, you know, there's things that can happen there that actually can happen in a big place like London. What do you think about the concept of world cinema? Do you think like Britain on the... I mean, world cinema, I always hate the phrase world cinema because it just seems like America and other. Yeah. Which is yeah. so old-fashioned yeah. and just outdated. But do you think that Britain's got great TV comes out of Britain and a lot of yeah. ideas then get picked up by different, you know, yeah. especially like reality TV and game shows and things like that. But do you think the film industry is healthy, strong at the moment? Absolutely. I mean, I said seen earlier I was in uh, I was at the Toronto Film Festival, um, which is a major showcase of you know uh, world cinema, international cinema, whatever you want to call it. Um, and there was about uh, twenty new British films um, that were there, and one of them, The Imitation Game, um, which is coming up in November about Alan Turing, uh, um, won the Audience Award um, in Toronto, and then th there was another. Um, a great film, The Theory of Everything, uh, which is a biopic of um, Stephen Hawking. Yeah. So, so there's those which are going to be really, um, I think, very uh, successful at the box office. But right, right across to Peter Strickland's new film, um, The Duke of Burgundy. So Peter Strickland did Catherine Varga and Barbarian Sound Studio, who I think is one of the most interesting sort of British filmmaking talents currently working. Um, and it's really um, bonkers, but absolutely brilliant. Um, uh, film, so th I, th I think British filmmaking is actually a really interesting moment where there's a lot of great um, uh, strengths in it, and there's a great range of. So it's what Britain used to and still does get hung up on is chasing Oscars. I think if you if you go to chase Oscars, then you, you just you you're you're in the wrong. You know what I mean? You're you're you're. I don't think you should be doing that as a as a sort of aim um, because it is just like we'll go to America and do that kind of filmmaking, you know? But I think if you're doing something which is quite distinctive, that's when you actually get noticed. Yeah, I think the insanity of the Oscars, and I get caught up in it every year as well, I think it's fascinating, but the insanity is it kind of rules the film calendar, you know, so you get certain type of film, prestige films, you know, that come out at sort of the end of the year to try and yeah. run different times of the Oscars. Um, I was going to ask, because September seems to be quite a good month for film festivals in yeah. the UK. Um, 
Have you always been in September? Has encounters always been? We used to be. Have you chosen that month? We used to be in November. We used to be in November, um, and we moved to September a couple of years back. And the reason we moved to September is that there's more chance of the weather being nice. <laughs> now I know the weather doesn't shouldn't really matter because you're in the cinema, but just in terms of Bristol, what you're saying, you know, what I was saying earlier about Bristol is that you know Bristol's a great city um, to live and work in, and I can say that because I'm not from Bristol, you know. Um, but as you um, are in the city. You, you sort of experience the city as well as experience the festival and you know I always think that festivals are specific to the cities that they're in so you know encounters could only happen in Bristol you know because that it's Bristol that makes it uh, and so the opportunity for um, delegates filmmakers etc audiences just to um, be able to go around the city because we use a range of venues in September is just a kind of um, you know nicer month um, as it were. it was in, in November we found that it gets dark at three o'clock. You know, it's, it's invariably raining, and everybody's hunkered in watershed, which is fine. But you know, you do go a bit stir crazy. <laughs> certainly, I do. So, but the movie September seems to work. And what we found actually going back to the student thing is that it, you're getting students just beginning to start their courses. So it's a good time to they're not kind of bogged down in what it is they've got to do, but they can just experience the festival and then get on with their uh, course. Yeah. Um. So today is 18th of September, right? Um, this podcast is probably going to go online, obviously not today, but it's a huge historic event that I can't help but <laughs> I have to ask you about. Yeah. But I'll ask you in a kind of filmy way. Yeah. What, you know, what's your thoughts on the independence movement? Yeah. And just but the Scottish film in general. Do you think it'd be interesting? Because one of the things I think would be interesting if they do vote yes is I think it could reignite this kind of like nationalistic pride and. Yeah. You know, there'll be a lot of culture will come out of it. Yeah. Well, I mean, the thing, the thing is that um, there's been a lot of culture coming out of it all, for all these years. It's just, it's, it's somebody pointed out to me um, this morning that, going back to the whole London thing, London spend on culture per capita is something like £65 a head spend on culture. Spend in Scotland per head is something like £2.50, right? Now, it, it, Scotland, if it gets independence, will be able to determine much more of that spending um, per head, etc., etc. But um, there's been a lot of culture coming out of Scotland, obviously, um, both visual art, uh, literature, everything. Um, and I, I, you know, what the whole independence um, thing is about is about the autonomy to determine much more the direction of that so I, I think it would um, a yes uh, vote would would um, help would, would consolidate what are already existing um, strengths and actually you, you'd, you'd be you know you'd be selling out sort of Scottish film culture um, rather than it being you know sort of tied up into notions of the UK or England or you know all, all of that there'd be clarity about what, what, it, what it was Although then, then have a look at a film like Under the Skin, uh, which of course is set in Glasgow, made by Jonathan Glazer, you know, star, 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 starring Scarlett Johansson. And I mean, that's the whole thing. Is to go down the nationalistic route, I think, is is a is a complete dead end, uh, which is, goes back to it being about internationalism. The core, the core thing, though, about the yes idea is about self determination, um, really. Right. And uh, okay, so sort of f- final question. Uh, if you were to start like a, a 
a new film festival? Where have you baked it? Where to start a new film festival? Um, uh, um, well, I'm starting, hopefully starting one new film festival and um, partnering on another one. So the wh- one that I'm working on at the moment is a festival of cinematography, which we're looking at happening in March uh, here in Bristol. And then the other one is um, anthropological film festival. Intriguing. Yeah. What, well, anthropologists make films, you see, just like natural history people make films, anthropologists are out there in the field making films. So, so there's a whole, uh, there's a Royal Anthropological Institute and they, every two years they do a film festival. So we're looking at partnering with them to present that. And if you think about a film like um, Joshua Oppenheimer's The Act, the Act of Killing, uh, it, uh, it, it's, I mean, it's kind of like an observational anthropological, you know, um, uh, or even Richard Linklater's Boyhood, you know, you could argue is a sort of, um, I would argue, uh, is is a sort of almost anthropological study of a, a, a young boy, you know, uh, growing up. So it, whilst it might sound, my God, where's the film element of anthropology? Actually, you find quite quickly film is a, a, is part of everything that we um, that we do. At this point, we had to call it a day before Mark's phone exploded. But I later saw him on a panel of past and current film directors talking about the fascinating 20-year history of the festival. For more information, head to encounters-festival.org.uk. It really is the best place for UK short filmmaking talent. This weekend, I'll be at the Rain Dance Film Festival, and then a couple of weeks' time at the London Film Festival, so we'll be talking to lots of interesting filmmakers, as well as uploading reviews of hopefully, hopefully, some amazing cinema. So thanks again for subscribing to the Crispy Sharp podcast. Don't forget to hunt us down on Twitter and Facebook, as well as visiting regularly crispysharp.co.uk. 